I'm Andrea Wisman. Um, I've been coming here to New Covenant faithfully for about eight years. Um, and when they gave the opportunity to speak, um, I felt like I was supposed to, but I was like already doing the worship thing. So I'm like, well, maybe another time. And then it came back around and I'm like, yep, I'm going to have to do it. So I submitted my name and I originally thought I was going to speak on one thing and, um, you know, told a few friends about it. And then I went on vacation and the Lord just, he wrecked me. So that's what I'm speaking on. So he turned my, you know, boat a little bit. But it was exciting because then I knew it was him and not me. Because what I'm going to share tonight is a lot about, I just really want us to like go back to the heart of our gospel and pick it up and dust it off. I want us to remember who we were when we got saved and who Jesus is for us. And not who we are now and how good we've done now and what we've done to keep ourselves clean. But really who that girl was, that broken girl, and the grace he gave her is the grace that we need to give each other because there's a world out there and they're dying and they're craving Jesus and they're running to him, but they're hitting our doors and they can't come in because they've been wounded by us, you know, and we're just human, you know, and we're just ashamed of ourselves. And so for me, I was ashamed of myself, so I put on this big mask and I was like, I did not do that. I did not do any of that, you know, whereas all the world knows, yes, she did, you know, and so then they just see fake instead of I'm like, yes, I did. Yes, I did do all of that, and he cleansed me, and he washed me, and through his spirit, I can walk out this holy life, not through my own, so that's my introduction. <laughs> so there it is. So what I'm going to talk to you about tonight is something I've fallen into several times. So as I speak about this, and if I come off a little harsh, it's because I've done it so much. And it's, if you're my friend or family, you've watched me weave in and out of this. You've watched me be like, super good person, not going to do anything wrong. And then you've watched me jump off the, oh, guys, I'm so sorry, I was being religious, and get back on the right path again. So I just want to tell you that I have grace for all of us. I just want to share that it is has something I've fallen into. So, um, yeah, I met Jesus really messy, like messy, 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 messy. Um, so I grew up in church and um, was like six years old, um, you know, felt the spirit tug me. I remember being in my parents' bedroom and just kneeling at the waterbed. <laughs> That tells my age. Um, but kneeling at the waterbed and just, like, crying and just, you know, really accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I remember yelling for my mom, I, you know, I asked Jesus to save me. And, um, but then life happened, you know, and I got a little older and my heart got broken. And so the way I chose to numb that was through rebellion. See, for me, I saw two roads. One, religion and one rebellion. I did not know that there was a road of freedom and that those were actually ditches on each side of this road. So I jumped into rebellion because it looked more like freedom. Because I think and I know that all of us were made for freedom. From the very beginning, he was giving us choice. So that's why people rebel, not because they're wicked, nasty people. I mean, maybe, but more than likely, it's because they are so, they know they're made for freedom. And they taste religion, and they're like, no, mm -mm, no, that's not for me. I'm made for freedom. And so, anyway, so I fell into rebellion. 
you know, and I reaped the fruits of that lifestyle. And I ended up, you know, in a really bad marriage. It was really bad. It was really toxic. It was really addictive. I was high. I was low. Um, you know, all kinds of things. So um, then I wondered, well, maybe I'm gay. Maybe I just don't like guys. Maybe I was born this way. So I started to, like, just ask myself that over and over and over and over again. And I didn't realize that it was like a way out, like a loophole, because I was in such an abusive relationship, and he hadn't cheated on me. So I was like, well, because I married him, because I knew that was the right thing to do. So I'm like, well, maybe I'm just gay. And because uh, I, you know, had lots of friends in that lifestyle. So I was asking that question over and over and over again, and um, the Lord spoke to me. And um, But it was not through a normal means. I had went to the um, bookstore and bought about this many books on homosexuality because I love to read and so I was like I'm gonna figure this thing out and I started, started reading them you know I had ones from astrology and all kinds of stuff and then I had one called Jesus and homosexuality and so I started reading it and there was this passage right in the middle of this book and it said it was talking about marriage and the Lord just jumped out of the page and he said you are married and I was like oh I am married and there was just something about the word of God that just broke through the lies. You know, there was something about his holy word that came out, and I just knew. I was like, oh, I am totally married. Now, someone could have told me that in their logic and reasoning, and it wouldn't have done anything. But the Holy Spirit over those words broke through, and I never had that thought again, ever. I mean, stepped away from all of it, no problem. You know, my poor ex-husband, God bless him, was like, you know, I just called him, and I was like, hey, I'm totally not gay, you know. <laughs> We're married. <laughs> so we got back together, and we tried really, really hard. And, uh, but we were just both under generational curses, and um, it, just, it just got bad, and it got adulterous on his end. And I was trying with all my might, and um, he was just so broken um, that, you know, he needed love from other women. So, um, so we split up, and... Um, I just partied for a while, but I had always still loved Jesus um, because I knew he was Lord. Um, but the Lord brought me back in, and he brought me into this place. And um, here I was able to just come into his presence and him wash me. And then, um, then for my love for the word that had been instilled with me growing up, then that would wash me. So I just want to give you that little of a preface of like how messy I was. Okay, so there's my BC. Now my after Christ. So then I came into Jesus and I was dating a Christian guy. And um, then we broke up and I was being mentored. And the person was like, you know what I want you to do? I want you to stop dressing the way you are. I want you to dress like a lady. I want you to, you know, just be more conservative. I don't want you to wear that wild nail polish, and I don't want you to wear it, because I had, like, teal hair, I mean, and um, I was so craving love so deeply that I was just like, okay, okay, I will, you know, because um, it was just a way for me to feel like a, a different person, you know, and so I did that for a while, and the people who know and love me, it was hard for them to watch, you know, because I've always been such a free spirit, and they're like, what are you wearing? I'm like, 
it's a dress, you know? And they're like, it's your grandma's dress. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, but I'm stubborn, and so I tried it for a while, and I met some friends um, who are very free. I don't know if you guys know Shaylee and Taylor Teal. And uh, I would tell them the stories of when I was free. I used to wear this, and I used to do this. And finally, one of them looked at me and was like, what? I don't understand this used to. Are you not, a, like, allowed? Like, what's going on? And so um, that's my first, that was my first, like, introduction to the, the religious spirit. And I was like, oh, oh, I have an enemy. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And so I repented of it, you know, threw away all those terrible clothes, put some more fun color in my hair, got my clothes back out, you know, and came alive. Well, walking that for a while, then I get the call to Brazil. And so off I go. I'm off on mission trip, and I'm so excited to be there. I know the Lord's called me. And um, walking through one day the... Um, where everybody was, and this girl's over here, she's in her 30s, and she's talking about waiting, and I'm like, oh, I know, girl, you know, waiting on your husband, blah, 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 and she looked at me, and she said, well, isn't it different for you, because you're divorced, and it was like a sword in my belly knocked me out, because at this point, I had been waiting for six years, six years, and then I was like, oh, holy moly, am I wrong, like, am I, like, doing something really wrong by wanting this? So I searched the scriptures, and um, all I could find was the ones that just beat me up. And so I was like, well, guess that's it. Guess I've been waiting for no reason, God. Thanks. I'm in a country where I don't speak the language. It's really hot here. <laughs> I quit my job. <laughs> and now I can't get married. Awesome. You know? I'm a nun. Great. <laughs> I hadn't talked to my family in six weeks. I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't have a phone. Like there was no way, there was no way for me to contact anyone who really knew me. And so I'm just like, I just start getting really depressed. So I start rolling down this hill and uh, like, but, like I get depressed. I'm like really like, you know, and I would just read the word like Psalm 119, I love it. It talks about how like love for the word and I would read it and cry. I'm like, I want to love your word, but why is it beating me up? I want to love it, but I can't. I don't know. And so I would just try and try and try. And, and I was with a group that had some religious tendencies. Now the whole group is not. That is not true. It is ours. It's awesome. But inside everybody, there's, you know, things. And so one day, one of the leaders was like, who's celibate? And I was like, uh, you know, and um, so anyway, so then I had publicly declared my sentence, and so um, then I went to a lovely island, my friend took me, and uh, her grandma sent her like 500 bucks, and it was enough to take all three of us to an island um, for five days, because the money just goes super far there, and it's ridiculous, and God's good, and so I went to this island, and my friend April's from L.A., and uh, we were in a little espresso shop, and we're talking, and she'd seen me, like, be all over the place trying to digest this. And she finally looked at me, and she said, you've been walking with the Lord for six years, right? I'm like, yeah. She's like, and you know his voice, right? I'm like, yeah. She's like, and he never told you this before. And I'm like, no. And right then, the Lord spoke to me. He said, that was a Jezebel spirit, and that was not my voice. 
And I, was, and I told her, and we just arm hairs. I was like, whoa. And it just broke through. So see, I even had to come out of that religious atmosphere onto an island to be able to, like, hear him again. And so because the truth is that what the Lord took me since then is the truth is I married him to obey the Lord. And then I went back to him to obey the Lord. And then when the Lord said, now is the accepted time, after I tried my hardest, then I left and had to have a restraining order. Like, it was crazy. You know what I mean? So every step of the way, I was was always obeying the Lord. So anyways, it was, you know, that night happened, and, you know, I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And immediately, like, joy, you know, everything started exploding. So I realized, once again, oh, look. I fell for a religious spirit, you know, and um, so those are two big parts of my testimony, and when I got back um, in August, there was this huge painting of this lion, and it said freedom, and I knew that that was for me, that the Lord was roaring against the religious spirit, because I believe it's really binding up his people, you know, and it's, it's just, it's just not who he is, and we can never measure up, you know, I mean, I was so inwardly focused, and I was, and the other thing is, I was going to be sterile, like, God wants me to be fruitful, my fruit from my womb is going to take back land from the enemy, like, the enemy needs to watch out, that was a really good try, because I'm going to train up my children who I have, and they're going to take land, you know what I mean, so, uh, so anyways, all of that, and, um, so I came back and whatever, and I get this big tattoo of this lion. I was like, yes. Well, fast forward a few months down the road, and I just I just put the glasses on again. Like, I don't know th- any other way to explain legalistic mindset except for it being like glasses you put on or like a, a just a fog you're in sometimes or something like that. Like, it's not who I was all the time, but it was just, it was just kind of a theme. So then I went to Hilton Head about a month ago to stay with my friends, and um, honestly, just because she lived there. I also was driving, and I was like, who lives near the beach? She lives near the beach, (laughs) and so I called her. (laughs) So it happens when you've been single for a while. You're like, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. And so I'm on the way there, and I'm in the airport, and I start watching this video of this guy, and he's talking about grace, and he's talking about how um, he was teaching somewhere, and it was I think it was like Presbyterian Church that he was teaching in, and he said to the congregation there, you know, I'm glad you're against abortion. When's the last time you talked to an abortionist? Like, I'm glad you're against, like, promiscuity. Like, when's the last time you talked to a prostitute? Like, it's not that our morals are off, but it's our disconnection with the world. And so as he... Um, shared those things, I would just cry. He talked about, um, so he gave that word in that church, and um, like six months later, he gets a phone call from the lead pastor, and he says, you'll never believe what happened. There's a strip club down the road, and one of the strippers died, and two of our little old ladies with the buns took flowers to the strippers and uh, told them, I'm so sorry that you lost your friend. And the next Sunday, all the strippers were in the church. All of them. You know what I mean? Like, that, that one little thing. Like, they're so hungry for it. But the shame, you know, disconnects it. And so I was just weeping because I had these two lives, basically. You know, I had my before Christ life. that I'm like, this is why I'm, you know. And then I had this new life. And I just, you know, 
seeing them interconnect. So through that week, God just really um, started to download, you know, this in me. And so my friend who I stand with, like, she knows the Lord, but she is not religious. She is not um, perfect, you know, and I don't think her other friend is saved. And it was so interesting to me because they were so easy to be with. They were just easy to please. You know, I didn't have to be anything. I could say anything. It was really restful to not have to, like, have up my, like, I'm a good person face. Um, and I just thought that was really interesting. I'm like, oof, oof. You know, because whenever I came to the Lord, a person who brought me in, you know, she knew the Lord, but she never pushed it on me. And so I just think there's something to be learned with the way that sinners love each other um, unconditionally. And um, I don't know, that was just a little, like, element that I felt like, you know, was really interesting. So let's see. Let's look at these notes and see what I want to go from there. Well, when I was in Brazil and um, when I watched that video, both times it was centered on Galatians. And so Galatians is a book that Paul wrote to the churches right after they were getting saved. And so he uses a very strong language um, in there because they were saved through grace and then they started to like fall into legalism. And so I just want to explore that for a minute. None of this is on the screen. Um, so if you have your Bibles or on your phone, um, So I, you know, read this when I was on the beach, and then I read this when I was on the, the plane after. Oh, this is funny. So I was on the plane, and I was reading this in, like, both translations. I'm like, yeah, that's so good, like, after hearing that video. Yeah, it's so good. And then a couple hours later, I was really grumpy. And I was like, why am I grumpy? What is going on? I was like, I'm grumpy. And so I asked the Lord, I'm like, why am I so grumpy? And he said, you are so mad because you've been doing such a good job. And it does not matter. I mean, <laughs> I was like, oh, dang it. I've been trying so hard. And he's like, thank you for that. <laughs> doesn't matter. So it was just funny because, so, anyways, just to be honest. Um, okay, so I'm just going to jump around in Galatians. So verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. So we'll pause there um, because that the name of this message was, it's good news. And that's what he spoke to me, and that's, I've got my, it's my name on Instagram, it's everything. I've got good news, because it's good news, like, Jesus saving you, it's good news, like, it's not bad news, like, me having to live a life as a nun because of my sins, like, that's not good news, <laughs> you know, that sucks, but getting a fresh start, getting to, like, do over, you know, yeah, I have to wait on him, and, like, you know, be with him and just, you know, I've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that I can just go do whatever I want tomorrow, but there's hope. There's hope, and without it, we perish, and I would have. So, okay, let's see. 
Let's go on to uh, chapter 3, verse 2. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Um, let's see, chapter 4, verse 9. How is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? So they're weak and miserable. If you feel weak and miserable, maybe. Um, let's see. Uh, chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. When I shared with my team that what the Lord had spoken on the island, sounds really exciting here, was not received so well. Well, we thought you heard the Lord before. And I'm like, that wasn't his voice. Well, how do we know the difference? I mean, I was resisted. I was emailing Shelly like crazy, like, help, help, help. <laughs> like, you know, because then I, I knew, because I, you know, once you really hear them, you're like, oh, you know, there's the life. But so you will have to stand firm. Like there will be a real temptation to fall into formula. And as I was researching this, I was thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, I've fallen into this like several times. So that means I'm attracted to it. So what makes legalism so attractive? And you wouldn't think so, but we are. I mean, you think about the denominations that are, like, really strong in this. So what is that? And so I do what all of us do when we have a big question. I ask Google, what makes legalism so attractive? And it told me. <laughs> it was awesome. And uh, so it was really cool. It led me to some really cool authors and um, things like that. And the basis of what they said was um, it feeds the flesh. It feeds the flesh. It's like, ooh, I'm doing good. I did this. I did this. I did this. You know, um, one of my friends, I know God's put us in each other's lives because, like, if there's ditches, I'm in religion and she's in rebellion. And so, like, we really um, can iron sharpen iron in that way. And so I just said to her, I was like, why do I keep falling into this? And she was like, it makes you feel safe. You are so scared of the life you used to live that you will much rather stay over here in bondage to religion than ever look like it's over there. But they're both dirty. They're both wrong. They're both sin, you know? Like, because when I'm in religion, I'm looking at me, how good I'm doing, all that. But when, I'm not looking at Jesus. You know what I mean? Because what happened when I was in Brazil, when I realized that I was like, oh, my, I need Jesus to cover my sin. You know, because that's why the word is there and says that divorce is wrong and all those things about it. Because now I need Jesus to cover me because I'm not worthy to be in the presence of the Father without his blood. You know, and it gave me a whole new love for him because he's my savior. So I just found that really interesting. Um, so just know that you may be attracted to legalism. And just as I speak, you know, I just ask the Holy Spirit would just like show you like, if there's any, like, places, little pockets of things in your mind that, like, you may have fallen into those mindsets, you know. Um, they're usually outward things, um, but so there we go. Okay, back to Galatians. Uh, this is a really good guideline. Uh, verse 13 of chapter 5. Uh, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. 
The entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. Because that's always been my fear, too, is when I'm in freedom. I'm like, how do I know? Like, what if I, like, fall over? You know, um, if it's gratifying my sinful nature, then no. But I can trust God. I can trust God. Like, I need, I am more afraid of religion at this point than of sinning. You know what I mean? Because the Holy Spirit, if I nurture a relationship with him, he makes me holy. I don't make myself holy. Holiness is imparted to me through being with him. So I just need to be with him, and he'll impart it to me. And if my shorts are too short, or if if I shouldn't have said that, or whatever, he's going to quicken me. And then I'll get back in line. I don't need to, like, make a list in my head of what everybody should not do, you know, so that I can love them. You know, he will quicken them. And um, so let's see. Because there was another revivalist I heard um, talk about this, and he talked about when revival comes, sinners are going to come. And they're going to come messy, messy, messy. And they're going to come sinners. You know, and they've pro- there's a lot of them been wounded by the church. So we can't, what he said was, okay, the presence of God was just hovering like weeks of revival, like day and night, like crazy. And um, there was another like strip joint down the road and the strippers started coming and the Lord spoke to him so strongly and he said, don't you dare say anything about to them about what they're wearing. I will. And so at first they're coming in and he's like, are you sure? Like, I mean, you know, but eventually as the weeks passed on, the Holy Spirit convicted them, and they started to, like, come in dressed more modestly. So we just have to have faith, you know. He'll do it. And then they're not going to get wounded by us because sinners are fragile and precious, you know. And we cannot, you know, we just got to be so careful. So um, let me see if there's anything else in Galatians because that was definitely my backbone. I found some really interesting stuff, too, out about Galatians. Um Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr., but Martin Luther, um, he was the guy that during like medieval Catholicism, uh, he like nailed this big thing on the wall because he read Galatians. So there have been different pockets of time where freedom has come through this book. And I found it really interesting that Martin Luther King Jr., that was not his born name. Him and his dad were Martin King. And his dad went to Germany and found out about Martin Luther and changed both their names. So it's just interesting that this man of great freedom was named after another man of great freedom who was really in love with this book. So I just want to encourage you guys, like, if you feel like you've ever struggled in this or you don't want to struggle, to just really um, read over it because there's so much in there. Um, It's just, it's really good. So, okay, let's see. So, even last night, I was coming home from dinner with a friend, and I just, I could just shake out, like, the the feeling of, like, what if I didn't do everything right today? I could just, like, shake it out and be like, it's okay. I'm loved, you know? And I think once we're really centered in the love of God, we won't fall into it. Um, I know for me, um, it came from, like, a rejection mindset. Sometimes in rejection, we do one of two things. We either perform perfectly, which is very socially acceptable, or we just don't perform at all. And um, so for me, it was attached to that performance because that way I could earn love. If I am perfectly pure, then everyone at church will love me. If I am, uh, don't say any cuss words. If I never, you know, I don't know, just the list goes on and on. 
then I'll receive love. Um, so a big part of why I wanted to share this was because of our call as a church. Um, because we are the delivered ones. Okay, I'm just going to read this part because I really felt like God was on it. Um, New Covenant, we are the delivered ones. This is our part in the body of Christ. We are the ones who were so messy, so broken, and this made so much room for God. We are the ones that the world can look at and see, wow, anything is possible with God. But we have to be a safe place for the messy and broken. We can't fall into religious mindset because this repels the sinner and doesn't bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Do you know why I came here? Because I knew I could be real if I came here. I attended some during my high school days, and all I knew that was that I could wear jeans here. That was like the full extent of the freedom I knew. In <laughs> um, the sin that I was in, I, know, I knew there was no way I could have entered my old church. Friends, this should not be. The only reason I am where I am today is because I found a safe place that I could come, get to know Jesus, and let him walk, on, walk me on a journey of sanctification and holiness. It was no one's work but his own. Others can encourage and model, but it is ultimately his work. If someone would have told me to stop sinning or push me to lay down the things that were providing me comfort, I would have ran away as fast as I was running in. Friends, we are on the brink of a great harvest, and a large part of this harvest will be prodigals. Prodigals are those who have known the Lord and have fallen away, so then they know the way we walk and talk. They have wounds because they have been beaten up out there. I can think of a handful right now who are running back to the Lord but are stopping at the door because of broken relationships. They know him and they love him, but they don't know how to enter back in because they don't have the strength to mend all of these relationships on their own. Right now, I want all of us to take one moment close our eyes and ask the Lord to highlight the prodigals in our lives. So Father, I just ask that you would just highlight those prodigals, God, that we have had a part in their lives, God. If there's a broken relationship, God, I ask that you would just um, show us what to do, God. I ask, God, that we would just see ourselves in their faces, God, and in their walk, God. And then I've got this psalm, it's um, 126, 1 through 3. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. And I just really always think of New Covenant when I read that scripture. Because it's when the Lord brought back the captives, like we were so bound up. And then as soon as he brought us back, we start dreaming, we start laughing, you know, and everybody's like, whoa, the Lord has done great things for them, you know. Um, but I've not always been filled with joy. So what steals our joy? And um, there's a really great book. I'm obsessed with it. If you're my friend, I've told you about it. It's fervent. And she's, uh, at every chapter, she's like, you know, if I were your enemy, I would. And so I'm thinking about this situation, and it's, if I were your enemy, I'd use your zeal against you. I would torment you with shame so strong that you would feel constantly compelled to prove yourself. I would distract you from your purpose and blindside you with legalism. Not a legalism that is visible to every eye, but a legalism that is subtle and consistent. 
<sighs> I just really think it's, um, I don't know. I just think it's on the Lord's heart. And I think it's subtle. I don't think it's, I just think it's only honestly one of those things that I need to like kind of weekly scan myself for like, you know, symptoms of, and even give my friends permission to go, hey, maybe. <laughs> I have one friend and I always tell her, I'm like, I can always tell when I'm not in freedom because like we just don't rub each other the right way. You know, <laughs> like I'm like, and then when I get back in freedom, we're good. Okay, so I want to give you guys some like practical steps. Um, you know, we talked about scanning yourself. No, another one, don't take yourself so seriously. <laughs> really don't, Mike, don't, don't. It's what we love about you, you know what I mean? It is, like, it's not, I mean, it's serious, it's heaven and hell, but, like, there's a lot of people out there, and Jesus is going to do it, so, like, if I'm always concerned about what I do or don't do, it's just torment, it's just not good news, so, yeah, don't ask, don't, just don't, um, let's see, oh, ask the Lord to draw your, draw your heart to sinners, um, yes, let's see, yeah, I think this really about covers it. The last thing I want to do um, is share this song. When I was getting this, when I was on vacation, I got up to stretch, and it was like this song just came in my head. And I don't really, like, have any of this band CDs or anything. I just, you know, they're okay, you know, but it just came in my head, and I listened to it, and I cried for a long time. As soon as I listened to it, just over and over, I'm just, like, in, you know, the house, just wrecked. So, um, yeah, so as we, we play this video, um, you know, you can close your eyes, you can keep your eyes open, whatever you want, but just, um, I ask that we would just, like, search ourselves and see ourselves inside this song. I know for me, I was the first verse, um, and all of it, but, um, so Chad will go ahead and have you play this song, and if anybody wants to come up to the altar and pray, um, that would be totally cool.